Welcome back here to RSN Central. It's time for Gate Speed. I want to take this opportunity to send our love and our prayers and our thoughts with Jason Bonington. He's a regular, of course, on Gate Speed. He lost his mum there yesterday morning in the early hours of yesterday morning. He wrote a wonderful tribute to her on his Facebook page. And Jason, on behalf of everybody here and all of our listeners on RSN Central and RSN 927, our thoughts are with you. And I think everybody is here for you as well. So, um, yeah, it's a tough time at the moment, but we are thinking of you. Time to welcome in his great mate, Blake Redden, here for Gatespeed. Blake, good afternoon to you. Yeah, afternoon, Gareth. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Hopefully, um, hopefully Jace is okay. And, and uh, as you say, we'll be, uh, we'll be here for anything he needs at any time. A man that I respect so much in the world of broadcasting, but he's got a, a great passion for harness racing. He's the voice of Queensland harness racing, but he's got a, a pulse on the sport right across Australasia. I speak of Chris Barsby. Chris, good afternoon to you. Gareth, good afternoon to you. Blake, good afternoon to you, and good afternoon to all of your listeners. Now, this is how we play the game on gate speed. Things we learn, Chris. So we'll go through six points in the first one. We'll kick it off with you, Blake. Cross-domination continues in Group 1 double and the promise of more to come. Of course, these Group 1s were the two qualifiers yep. for the Miracle Mile. So Craig Cross and the McCarthy team had King of Swing, which you were tipping very heavily. And they're not At 40 to 1 a couple of weeks ago, if anybody listened. Well, hopefully you listened to yourself, Gareth. No, I didn't. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Um, but he was very impressive in Ultra Orlando. But the story really is more about the entire team, isn't it? Um, yeah. Craig Cross has got his team genuinely flying, and I, I don't think we've seen a team so dominant in, in such a quality standard of racing in a long time. So they'll go into the Miracle Mile, and, and they'll be you know real factors in what is a, an even, if not totally outstanding, edition of the Miracle Mile. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but um, they couldn't be going any better, that team. Chris Barsby, you know the cross, but especially the McCarthys. For so many years, you've seen them dominate the early part of their careers in Queensland and then, of course, have a wonderful career over there in New South Wales. Have you ever, have you seen this barn, the cross and the McCarthy combination, ever compete better? Well, I probably have, but at some time ago, they seemed to have a production line uh, back in their glory days here in Queensland. They were just rolling star after star out of that stable. And that's what it's returned to now. Winning both heats last uh, Saturday night was remarkable. And just the, the story around King of Swing, I'm fascinated by this. And he's got a lot at stake going into Saturday night. He's the current favourite for the Miracle Mile. Uh, he's come from nowhere. Victory will propel him to the top of the leaderboard in the APG Grand Circuit race. And I'm sure Queensland's an option with the Blacks of Faith still to come in July. Uh, plus... Uh, he's a very valuable stallion prospect as well by a champion sire out of a champion mare, Breeders' Crown winner at two, WA Derby winner at three, Hunter Cup winner. And if he can claim the Miracle Mile, he's already gone 48-7. He's got to be worth something as a stud. Mm. So there's a lot at stake there. But also with Luke McCarthy opting for uh, King of Swing, this is his hoodoo race. This is going to be his 11th drive in the Miracle Mile on Saturday night. The closest he's got so far... His first drive back in 2005, a runner-up with slip and slide behind Johnny. So it hasn't been his race, but hopefully he can turn it around. But they've got two live chances. $21 was offered about Alder Orlando. Mark Purden drives. He's now 9.50. So fascinating race, the Miracle Mile. King of Swing, it's a very good point that you make, Chris. King of Swing, what a story. It's been a roller coaster 
of a ride, really. As, a, as an early horse, he was really good. Two and three-year-old winning Breeders' Crown. Purchase for, and this is around, the, the probably landed. It's close to four to 450 This is not um, dollar. This is like $400,000 for a standard bread. Maybe a little bit more. Um, so that's landed in WA. He rides in WA. He's pretty good. He wins a derby sitting, I think, in the breeze. He won a couple of other nice races there. I think Junior won him a race. He, he got a little bit of luck, I think. It might have been in the derby where he, he dropped on to the leader's back and then got out late. So he was a really good three-year-old. He never come back as a four-year-old. He had a concern there, I think a little injury concern. And to be frank and to be honest, he wouldn't have made it into the WA pacing cup field. He, like, he, he wouldn't have had enough runs on the board if he stayed in the West. An inspired decision from the connections, I think, led by Hall Senior to go to McCarthy. He wins a hundred cup and boy, he got some luck there. Like two horses on that night drawn inside of him, scratch, leads, but it's a good performance. And now he's the one to beat in a miracle mile. He's a beautiful, he's a beautiful looking standard bread as well. He's bred in the purple. Like there is a lot up for grabs, but it's a, it's a, it's a story, Chris, that you can never like it. 12 months can be a long, long time in racing. Six months can be a long, long time in racing. Well, there's no doubt about that, Gareth. And to be quite frank, uh, we go back to January 1 this year. He wasn't in the conversation for anything. No. Nothing. Absolutely not. He was at the crossroads of his career. They made that decision to send him east. He's linked with the informed stable. Four starts, two Group 1 victories, a Group 3 victory, and that first up second. And now he's the favourite for the Miracle Mile and possibly providing Luke McCarthy with his first Miracle Mile success. So... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like about this story with King of Swing. And uh, as I said, he could easily take the Grand Circuit title. Uh, he still can do that if he comes to Brisbane later this year with the, the Blacks of Fake in July. So it, it, it's a great story around King of Swing. And he's one of those horses that used to drop out. He just used to, he just to, he used to crack the, you know what, and say I'm not participating halfway down the back. So he's a fascinating horse and... Um, it will be some story in a way after leaving, many say, the greatest trainer of all time, especially in Western Australia, which he is, Gary Hall Senior, to Craig Cross. So, um, yeah, it has been a, a, a story that um, sometimes you just shake your head with with King of Swing. But if he does win a Miracle Mile, um, he does, I think, reach his ability because he's always showed that type of ability. Anyway, we'll move on. This is a, a ripper of a story. I had a chat to Peter... Um, Bagri today on RSN Central and it's a story of it's an inspiring story obviously he's got a lot of love for his horses but two years ago he had an operation to remove a brain tumour he's had radiation he's had chemotherapy at the moment he's defeated cancer and he's got a horse by the name of Battle's Heart that has been able to book her place into a miracle mile this is how you've worded it Blake and I love it brilliant betters justifies Badgery's decision to send the mayor to Sydney. And boy, it's become the story of the Miracle Mile, really, hasn't it? Well, her getting a run is is um, one thing, but you're right, the whole carnival, her winning the Ladyship Mile for Peter Bagrig to take that decision. And again, I don't think she would have been on many people's radars before she came to Sydney in terms of talking about your Belle of Montana's and your Princess Tiffany's, but she's come through and she put the writing on the wall in the Robin Dundee. She won the Ladyship Mile on the weekend and did so small margin but pretty emphatically and it was enough to earn her a spot in this miracle mile now she's going to go around one of the outsiders but 
the fact that she's come here and she's she's done this job and um, and as you say, there's a great story behind it. I think Peter Bagri might have been involved with Mighty Quinn early doors. Not sure if you spoke to him about that today, Gareth. No, but I didn't, no. I think he might have been involved with Mighty Quinn. So he knows a good horse. He's seen a good horse and he decided to bring her over and uh, it certainly proved very fruitful. Mighty Quinn, Chris, was my favourite horse, as we all know. But this is yeah. a story and a half, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And he had a really good association with a horse called Burlington Birdie, which he brought to a, uh, a carnival in Victoria during the mid-90s, during that really rich period where there was the likes of Master Musician, Blossom Lady, that the Purdens were coming over, Golden Rain and all that. So he knows his way around a good horse. And I agree with Blake. Prior to her coming to Australia, most people in this country didn't even know who Better's Heart was. Now she's a Group 1 winner. She's got a sub-50 mile against the name, and she lines up in a million-dollar race this weekend. She is the outsider in the Miracle Mile, but there's so much to like about this story. And I like the way Harness Racing New South Wales have changed the uh, the setup of the Ladyship Mile. And it, there's that option there for that winner to go into the Miracle Mile. The last time a mare contested the Miracle Mile wasn't all that long ago. And she ran a good race, Arms of an Angel, back in 2016. She was third behind Have Faith in Me. Of course, we've seen three previous Miracle Mile winners from the fairest sex, Robin Dundee, Norm's daughter, Baby Bling. So she's the outsider. Can she win? Maybe not, according to the market, but I don't think she'll be far away. Just quickly, I want your opinion on this, lads. We had a chat to John Dummers now, and there's a couple of issues that I would like to touch on apart regarding that conversation that we had with John there last week. We might talk about that a little later on as we go through the six points that we've learnt this week. But John Dummers pointed out, and I'm a big fan of this, and I've been calling for this for a long time now, that the Miracle Mole needs to go back to an invitational race. And I think next year it will happen, Chris. Yeah, well, the way it's sort of... It's, um, yeah, I think that's... Are you a, with a me? ...fair call. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think the best pathway, when, when we look at recent history, the best pathway for the, for the Miracle Mile now is the Chariots of Fire. I think the four-year-olds have the, the best opportunity to win the Miracle Mile. The Chariots of Fire, two weeks before the Miracle Mile, they don't have to bang their heads like they did last Saturday night in unbelievable time. They get that extra week off. And when you look at recent history, Spankham, four-year-old last year, Jillaby Kung Fu, a runner-up behind Myfield Marshall on record time two years ago, Lazarus now, Waikiki Beach, they were 1-2 in the chariots, then they ran third and fourth in the Miracle Mile. Have Faith in Me won the chariots, then won the Miracle Mile. So Lockenbar Art's in that really good position. Yes, he's got to overcome a wide draw, but I think there's a lot of merit. I think, you know, at least a number of horses need to be invited, and then you can probably make up the rest of the field by qualifying races. Yeah. Blake, you with the back to the invitation? Yeah, I think sort of part of the mystique is that they don't clash before a Miracle Mile. We don't know yes. exactly where they all sit with each other, whereas they've got... And I know Chris is right that the Chariots of Fire is the perfect lead-in now, and that gives you something a little bit different for the race. But otherwise, we sort of see them all against each other and know where they're at. I, I agree that if you can sort of separate them a little bit... It does, um, it does bring something a little bit extra to the race. Given what I'll do and people think I'm mad, but I'll have the Miracle Mole at the start of the carnival and then have the the $100,000 races so the horses will still stay there. It's harness racing. like this. There's not a $100,000 race every every day. So you race in the Miracle Mole, the best horses compete, and then you have maybe a Newcastle mile after, say, the Miracle Mile. That won't happen, but that's what I'll do. Um, point number three, Stylish Oaks win has Philly on the verge of open class. I'll go to you, Chris, first of all. Um, the mayor had to win, really, on Saturday. Stylish Mansfest, after getting the draw 
and the run that she had. Yeah, she's a very good filly. There's no two ways about that. Uh, previously prepared by Mark Jones and, and Brendan Hill, Elite Racing. We know that partnership is now dissolved. Uh, and I can report with Stylish Memphis, Mark Jones has offered this filly to the All-Stars to prepare for the rest of the season. Now, this is interesting because we know the All-Stars have the best filly in New Zealand, Amazing Dream. She's taking on the Colts on Friday night at Alexandra Park. So it'll be interesting to see how they place these two fillies going forward. But uh, just as a, as a sign of respect and appreciation for the job that Mark Burden's done since she's been in Australia this year, uh, he has been offered this filly. So she's very good. There's no doubt about it. Regally bred, uh, full sister to delightful Memphis, who, who was really classy and now in North America. I think there's a possibility that we could see her in Queensland later this year in July during our winter carnival. I wouldn't be shocked by that. But I think the fact that she's been offered to the All-Stars and they've got Amazing Dream, it could be very interesting going forward. I would send you to the All-Stars as well, Blake. Oh, well, I mean, Craig Cross or the All-Stars, they yeah. do a good job, don't they? But, uh, no, I mean, it will be interesting, as Chris says, to see where she ends up and what she does. But mm. uh, for now, she's she's done her job as a three-year-old. She's obviously got a bit of the season left to go. Um, and then we'll see her next year. And she's clearly going to be up there with the best mares in the land as we go forward because she's just got a little bit of everything. She's she's strong. She's tough. She's quick. Uh, she's able to do it all. So she's, um, she's a quality filly. Hey, Blake, we'll stay with you here. Point number four, the New South Wales derby picture. No clearer, really, following the heats and the barrier draw. Good luck picking the winner there for mine. Yeah, it's interesting because lineup was obviously pretty dominant through the Victoria derby series, but he's not looking as dominant up there in New South Wales. He is going to start favourite for the race, probably drawn barrier eight lineup. But Governor Jujon has done absolutely nothing wrong. Pacific Joe Dream was a good heat winner. I, I'm I'm curious to hear both yours and yeah. Chris's thoughts on this race because uh, it's a little bit of a different derby to my eye than usual. I wouldn't be surprised if if you know something a little bit out outside of the obvious happened if a Mac Dan or a Perfect Stride, uh, a Percy Bailey was able to win the race because. As good as these uh, Colts and Geldings are, I just don't see an absolute standout at the minute. Pacifico Dreams at 5.50, line up 2.90. The Queenslander Governor Jujon at 3.20, and then MacDan at $6.50. Next best, Seuss Bromack at 20 to 1 on Perfect Strider, I should say, at that $8.50 quote, Chris. You know Governor Jujon really well, of course, from the Dixon camp in Queensland. Is he your on-top selection, or is this race a little difficult to work out? No, I agree with Blake. I think this has really opened the derby. I think the right form line is the Victoria derby form line. I think Lineup and Governor Jujon, who were the best in that series, are looking to be the best at this point going into this Group 1 feature on the weekend. But I don't think there's any meat on the bone at the, at the quotes that you've just read out there. Zeus Bromack, for me, is going to get something at $20. Uh, he, he's a lot better than that. We saw him in Victoria last year during the Breeders' Crown. Uh, he's right up in the mix uh, with the best of these three-year-olds going around. The thing that hurts him is the draw, no doubt. But I, I, I would say to punters, look for value, and I think Zeus Bromack could be the value. I just don't think there's any real value with like uh, with the likes of Lineup and Governor Jujon. I might have an exclusive for us here, lads. Barsby's the best in the business of breaking news. He's probably broke this. Have you had a chat to Pat Driscoll lately, Chris? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Dance craze runs a quick mile. He's he's. Driscoll's desperate to go to the elite lot with Dance Craze. If she performs well and runs a quick mile on Saturday, book your ticket to, to Sweden. She'll be definitely well, be going. 
I think that's a good thing, Gareth. Yep. We're pushing hard to compete with the, the best of the, uh, the trotters around the globe. We're, we're doing a lot, HRA in particular, with uh, the European trotters. If we can have one of our trotters go up there and compete, we've seen it done previously. We've sent some of our best up there. But I don't think uh, this is out of the question. Anton Galino's got first-hand experience in Europe. He knows what's required. He'll be able to base himself with the best people up there. And, and she's a really classy mare, three-time Group 1 winner, regally bred. I'd love to see her go to Menangle on Saturday night, demolish that field and run good time. Uh, she's proven at the track. Uh, so it's, it's very much capable. And to win two Group 1s within the space of de- uh, seven days, I think that would be a, a, a great result for all involved. So I hope she does do it on the weekend. And I'd love to see her go to Europe and, you know, just try and um, shorten that gap between Australia and the rest of the world as far as our trotters are concerned. And I enjoyed Anthony Matt and calling the elite lot last year. But I think, and I'll start the their campaign now, um, if you're listening to us, Pat, especially Andrew Kelly, see Barsby to call the action there at the Elite Lop and um, RSN Central to be live <laughs> there from from Stockholm, Blake. Oh, I mean, how magnificent would yeah. it be, Gareth? But the thing about her is, and you mentioned Anthony Manton when he went over a couple of years ago, there was so much hype around Maori Time who eventually galloped in the race. And she was the right horse in terms of having a bit of gate speed, but... If you look at it um, from a more holistic point of view, Dance Craze is a different level above Maori time. She might yep. not be as capable of a mile necessarily, but her class would uh, would take care of Maori time. So what she has in her back pocket, I guess, is that high speed late in a race, which can often get involved in, in these elite lops. They don't always just lead and win. Sometimes they bring themselves undone, and, and she could use her turn of foot in that way. So, I mean, if you thought there was some hype around Maori time going, I could imagine it would only be two or threefold if Dance Craze went over, given how good she is compared to, say, a Maori time. Let's hope she bolts home there on Saturday night. She's currently at $2.10. Your horse, Tampa Rally, at $4.20. Red Hot Tooth at 8 Majestic Courtney at $9. And Massive Metro, next best there at $11. Drop the hammer at $13. And Blake Elite Colt, this is point six cruises home in the first big test. That was the group one on Saturday night, Melton, the, the Need for Speed Prince final. And there's just this, this aura around him at the minute elite stride, and I'm not necessarily buying into it as much as others are, but I, I feel it happening, and I'm I'm willing to concede that maybe he is something yeah. very, very special elite stride. He, he clearly had big wraps on him before debut. He won by a big margin early in his career, won by 50 metres, and he, he smashed them in a group one on Saturday night. So... It's hard to know exactly how good he is, but when you listen to what everyone's saying and the way he went on the weekend, uh, maybe he's going to be a bit of a star of the future elite stride. He's pretty good, Chris. He's very good. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you don't win Group 1 races by the margin he did and run the time that he did and then get the, the endorsement from a driver like Chris Alford. So I think it's really exciting. He's owned by a major owner who likes to be in the big races. Yep. He's trained by a, a former Kiwi. I wouldn't be shocked if this guy... He's nominated and taken to New Zealand for a couple of good races uh, coming up over there. He'll be taking on the likes of Cracker Hill, a recent feature winner at Ashburton, the Hambletonian, and Bolt for Brilliant, who won the Jewels last year. And the, the common denominator with all of these guys, Cracker Hill, Bolt for Brilliant, and, and now this guy, Lee Stride, they're all by the champion sire, Muscle Hill. So it just speaks volumes about the breed and uh, how much stronger it's getting. But no, I, I'm right in the corner of this guy. I think he's He's something really special. So I hope he continues to go above and beyond. And, uh, 
you know, so far so good. But uh, I'd like to see him take on a few others and maybe we might get to see him on the other side of the ditch at some point this season. I've only got a couple of minutes, a minute and a half before my next commitment. Just quickly, I know there was a story breaking out in New South Wales. Co Bailey turned out turned up three minutes after the deadline there for um, to go into the barn there in New South Wales. My personal opinion, they get it right. They make the mistake there or they could have learnt their lessons from Newcastle. They make the right decision there um, before the, the group one's there on the Saturday. So Co Bailey gets his chance in the Miracle Mile. The other point that I want to... Um, I'm hearing, Chris, a lot of noise about this new sales team taking on APG. Some big news, especially after the Sydney sales. It's about to rock up the harness racing um, breeding industry, basically. Watch this space. And Hector JJ, a lot of SMS is coming through. He's working okay at the moment, the comeback pacer. I think he, he, he might get to the trolls shortly, but it's a day-to-day proposition, really. So that's all I can tell you. You might know more than me these days, Chris. Well, I can tell you he's been to Albion Park the past two Sundays, private workouts there. Well, not so private, but uh, he, he's looked good. So I think a trial maybe next week. Uh, I don't think it's all that far away. So okay. It's going to be very interesting, but he, he looks in his, his normal self, Hector JJ. Fingers crossed Jack Butler, his new trainer, can get the best out of him because we need our superstars at the track, and he is a superstar. There's no doubt about it. Loved your work. Great to be on uh, Gatespeed, Chris. Thanks for that. Easy as, guys. Anytime. Keep kicking goals there, Blake Redden. Appreciate <laughs> you too, your time. Gareth, There's Blake Redden with Gatespeed, and that is Gatespeed on this Wednesday, the 4th of March.